First Peter chapter 2 from the book of First Peter chapter 2 one verse verse 9 a powerful verse of scripture one that encourages the church the body of Christ reminds us of who we are not for self boasting but for glorifying God 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9 but you hallelujah you can say whatever you want to about everybody else but you don't you put yourself don't you put yourself under the same bondage of other people don't take upon yourself the fears of other people because you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood and holy nation a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light i'm gonna read it one more time because normally i read several verses and i'm only reading one i got to read it one more time but you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood and holy nation a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness woo, into his marvelous light. Glory, hallelujah. I would like by the help of the Holy Ghost this morning to minister unto you this message. Called out to show forth called out to show forth let's go to the lord together in prayer heavenly father we give you praise this morning Woo. in that while we were yet in sin hallelujah you manifested yourself in flesh gave your only begotten son and died for the ungodly i thank you mighty god for your power in our lives for the power that's resident in this place. Move, Holy Ghost, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Let the word go forth with power. Hallelujah, let us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Help us to hear, help us to receive, help us to apply and obey your precious word in Jesus' name. And the church said, in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. And amen. God bless you in the name of the Lord. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got so carried away, I forgot to say welcome. Welcome, everybody, to First Apostolic Church. We're so glad you're here. Let's give all of our guests a great big hand. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, thank you, Bishop. Thank you. It is good to be home. I tell you what. We've been doing a lot of traveling and ministering, and God has done some wonderful things, but there is no place like home. No place like home. Amen. I love, I love, we absolutely love First Apostolic Church, and just a, a beautiful thing to be able to stand behind this pulpit. I count it such a great honor to be able to open up the word of life at this sacred desk and share that word with you and Together we can grow in the precious word of God. Amen. This passage of scripture, this verse of scripture, you are a chosen generation. You're not just a generation. You're a chosen generation. You're not even just a priesthood. You're a royal priesthood. You know, that combines two very powerful elements. Both the priesthood, which, which is the spiritual authority, uh, but then to, to compound that by explaining that it's not just any old priesthood, but it is a royal priesthood. So it combines both royalty with spiritual authority. And you aren't just a nation. You are a holy nation. And, and you, are, you are a peculiar people. Now that one doesn't shock us as much sometimes. We sometimes are all too familiar with our peculiarities. But you are peculiar. This is why, this is why while we are just like everybody else, 
Because of what God has done, there are some peculiarities about you and I. Hallelujah. We believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. And it separates us and, and creates some peculiarities about us. That you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous, marvelous, marvelous light. So let me focus just a moment on this, this concept of being called. Everybody, everybody wants to be called of God. And this is a beautiful thing when God calls us. God who is infinite. God who is above all. God who sits high, somebody said, and looks low. Who sits on the circle of the earth. A God who many wonder if they can really reach out to him and know him and understand him. This God. Hallelujah. Who has all power. Who has all love. Who has all knowledge. Who is capable of being in all places at the same time. Omnipotent. Omnibenevolent omniscient and omnipresent God the maker of heaven and earth God hallelujah who is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that you can ask or even think God the great I am the alpha the omega the first the last the beginning the end the one who was the one who is and the one who is to come, the almighty God. Hallelujah. The God by whom is no other. There is none beside me. This is why we don't put anybody else beside him. We don't worship anybody else because there is none beside him. He alone is God. And nobody has to go to a ballot box to vote him in or vote him out. And nobody can set a limit on his terms. And nobody has to sanction his directives to make them alive. He is God all by himself. God. Oh, I could just go on and on and on. The King of Kings. The Lord of Lords. The God of all gods. This God. The fact that he could and would call to us is simply amazing. The fact that he would send forth his voice into this world and push past whatever blockades we have set up. Whatever obstructions exist in our lives. The fact that this holy voice would surpass so many others. He could have chosen anybody. He could have called on anybody. In one place the scripture says there aren't many noble and there are not many wise. There aren't that many that are as the world would consider top of the line. But God looks to whom he will and he calls them. And God doesn't, doesn't matter to God what you have or have not done. God will call who he wants to call. Hallelujah. His voice will penetrate whatever restrictions you have placed upon yourself. When we look at the life of Moses, Moses is in the land of Egypt. And God calls Moses. And the Bible says when, it, when Moses began to to hear the voice of God, he was on the backside of a desert in a mountain. And there he saw a bush that was burning but not consumed. And he turned aside to see this great sight. And from that bush that burned but was not consumed came the voice, hallelujah, of the great I am. Samuel was just a small child. But in the temple of the Lord, he could hear the voice of God. Samuel, Samuel. 
he heard it and thought it was Eli the priest. He said, Eli, you called? And Eli said, I didn't call you. And Sam, he said, go back and go to sleep. And Samuel went back to go to sleep, and he heard it again. Samuel, Samuel, it's the call of God. He went back to Eli. Eli again said, no, Samuel, go back to sleep. You are dreaming. He said, he went back to sleep, and he heard the voice again. Samuel, when Samuel went back to Eli, Eli perceived that this was the voice of God. He said, Samuel, God is trying to call you. Next time you hear that voice, I want you to say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Oh, I would to God that we could hear the call of God on our lives. God will call who he wants to call. You don't have to qualify who God has called. You don't have to affirm who God has called. God just sends forth his voice and speaks to the heart and the mind of an individual and begins to beckon them. And in the Bible, the scripture says, he that hath an ear, let him hear. Hallelujah. And I would to God this morning that you could hear the call of God in your life. You would hear him call you beloved. You would hear him call you his own. You would hear him call you worthy of his love. And he would reach down into wherever you are and call you by name. God would do that. He would call people by name. Abram, Gideon, Moses, David. One place, Mary, when she came to the tomb of Jesus Christ, she looked over and saw Jesus who was resurrected from the dead and thought he was the gardener. And, and she thought that's who it was. And when he said, are you all right? She said, I'm fine. Everything's fine. Just, I just need some time. And when he said her name, something clicked inside of her. He said, Mary. And she realized, oh, something happens when he calls my name. She looked at him and said, Rabboni, which is master teacher. I know who you are now. If you could just hear God call your name. Oh, hallelujah. He will reach down into wherever you are. I don't know how thick the depression is, but God will call you right in the middle of your depression. I don't know how tense the circumstances are, but God will speak into whatever tense circumstances you face and call your name. I don't know how real and raw the fear is or how difficult the physical condition is, but God is able to speak, hallelujah. Speak, Lord. Speak, Holy Ghost. Speak into my spirit. Speak into my soul. Call me by my name. Let me hear your voice. Call me. Hallelujah. And he'll call your name. He'll speak to you in the way that only he can. And he will call your name. It's called the call of God. I remember people asking me all the time, when did you know you were called of God to preach? And I would kind of skirt the question because I honestly did not know when it happened. I said, uh, well, I just kind of always knew I'd be a preacher. And that's true. I did always kind of know I'd be a preacher. Just I don't remember not knowing that. I, I, I just, my first cognitive thoughts were that I was going to be preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, so I believe he formed me in the belly and knew me and ordained me. I believe that and because he, I just came into this world with an innate awareness that I have a purpose to preach the gospel. But, but I, I started asking God, God, when did you actually put your voice in my spirit and tell me I'm going to call you to preach my gospel? When did I get serious about it? And he showed me when it happened. It was when I was 10 years old. And I had some friends of mine who did not understand the word of God. And, and they uh, began to challenge my brother and I on the word of God. And we found ourselves in that unique position of needing to explain why we believed what we believed. And it required us getting into this book and understanding why do we believe in one God? Why do we believe in the power of the name of Jesus? And why do we believe in the infilling of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues? And why do we believe that Jesus, hallelujah, is the only, only wise God and Savior? And so we started looking into the word of the Lord. And it was in that experience where the voice of God spoke to me. 
And it was so still and small as with Elijah that I didn't hear it audibly. It was just in me. It was a call that resonated with me. And I began to follow the call. And so the call of God can come to you and you might, you might think it's the voice of the preacher like Samuel did. You might hear me preach and hear in this message the call of God and think that it's the preacher. But it's not the preacher. It's God. God calls us. God sets us to himself. Speaks our name. Understands who we are. But this Bible that I'm reading and this verse of scripture that I read did not just say that he calls us. The Bible said he called us out. Now that's a difference between just being called. See, everybody wants to be called. But not everybody wants to be called out. But God, when he calls us, calls us out. He calls us out. He doesn't just leave us like he found us. See, maybe I could speak for myself. I need God. I don't just want God. I need God. I'm going to tell you something. I, I, you might not know it, but I'm stage fright. And if I, was, if I was up here by myself, I wouldn't be up here at all. I need God up here with me. I need the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I need the unction of the Spirit. I need the anointing of God upon my life. A lot of people want to be called, but they don't want to be called out. Called out of what? Called out of darkness. Darkness is a confusing thing. Darkness is a chaotic thing. In fact, it is a blindness in darkness. People don't know which way they're going when they're in darkness. They don't know where they're walking when they're in darkness. They don't know which way to go in life. When they're in darkness. They certainly don't know how to make heaven their home. When they're in darkness. And you don't know that you're in darkness. Until you see. The light. God calls you. He doesn't just call you. And then leave you where you are. But he calls you out. Of darkness. He lifts you up out of the position you're in. And he separates you unto himself. As a matter of fact, in one passage of Scripture, when Jesus called his disciples, you got to understand, he demanded everything of them. He said, I want you to not just follow me, I want you to cast your nets down and follow me. He said, I want you to take up your cross and follow me. See, everybody wants to follow Jesus, they just don't want to cast down their nets and follow Jesus. Everybody wants to follow Jesus, they just don't want to take up their cross and follow Jesus. Lord, just let me carry my Bible. I don't want to carry a Bible and a cross. Lord, just let me just let me carry the label Christian. I don't want to actually be like Christ. Let me convince others that I'm a churchgoer and I don't actually want to follow you into the death, the burial, and the resurrection. And so Jesus though wasn't playing games when he said, "Follow me." He said, cast down your nets, take up your cross, and follow me. He looked at his disciples one day and said, I want you to follow me at the abandonment of all else. He said, in fact, if you love this life, you will lose it. He said, if you love this life, if you are emotionally embracing of the life you once knew, then you will lose it. In fact, he said, I want you to walk away from everything. He even said, father, mother, sister, brother. Now, some who seek to lead a cultic group would, would try to manipulate that passage of Scripture and make people think that they have to cut off those around them that's not what Jesus was teaching in fact Jesus taught the exact opposite the demoniac wanted to follow Jesus and Jesus said no the way you're going to follow me is you're going to stay with your family and preach my gospel so Jesus wasn't some cult leader but he was trying to explain to them you got to understand what you knew up to this point was incorrect what you understood about life 
and about God and about eternity. It was all false teaching. It was all false doctrine. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. And you do have to abandon what you once thought you understood because that was a part of the darkness. Your minds were darkened. Your heart was darkened. You were confused. You were prejudiced. You were hateful. You were unforgiving. You were disobedient. You were malicious. You were rebellious. You were lustful. You were envious. You were proud. You were greedy. You were bitter. You were resentful. I've come to call you out of that darkness. Hallelujah. Don't just accept the call of God. Let the call of God call you out. Hallelujah. I like what the old song said. He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock to stay. He put a song in my soul today. A song of his praise. A song of his praise. A song of his praise. Hallelujah. Yes. Glory. I want to say it again. Too many people accept his call, but they don't accept his calling out. Paul said that he has separated me unto the gospel of God. This is why when they were asked the question, the apostles in Acts chapter 2, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said, repent. Now I can preach to you baptism in Jesus' name. And I can preach to you, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I can preach to you, God is great and God is wonderful. But I'm going to tell you, before you can embrace any of that, you must repent. You must turn aside. Turn away. My God, have mercy. Before you label me just some same old preacher that you've heard a hundred times, and I'm going to get up here and preach hellfire, brimstone, And you're just going to cut me off. Before you do that, just understand, God is not opposed to pleasure. That's why he created a garden called Eden. Eden means pleasure. God created a whole garden called pleasure and said, I'm going to put man and woman inside of that garden and give them pleasure. The sin that I'm preaching against this morning is sin that gives pleasures only for a season. That's how you know it's a fake pleasure because it is only for a season. It'll drop you lower. Your self-worth will plummet. You know what I'm telling you is true. Don't let the devil lie to you while I'm preaching to you. You know what I'm telling you is true. That sinful pleasure will drop you lower than you've ever been before. You know it's a fake pleasure because it only lasts for a season. But in his presence, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. So if you'll pardon me, I'm not going to call it the pleasures of this world. I'm going to call it what it is, the fake pleasures of this world. They're not pleasures at all. Pleasures are signified by lasting forever. Mercy, grace, peace, love, joy, contentment, temperance, meekness. I'm going to tell you what. I know it's going to be hard to hear, but you have never felt a pleasure like forgiveness. No, that doesn't even compute with some people right now because you're so you're in darkness you're so caught up in the in the the phoniness of this world that you have become so so convinced by the prince of the power of the air and that's that seems to me to be almost a direct reference to media 
the prince of the power of the air. I'm going to tell you, what you've watched and what you see and the entertainment around you, it is a constant feeding of devilish lies, a constant feeding that you need to be a certain way in order to have joy. And you need to be a certain way and you need to drink something in order to get you high. Listen, let me tell you something. The high I'm talking about is a high that'll take you so high but never bring you down. And it, 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 it won't end you up in jail and you don't have to worry about a DUI can I preach to somebody help me Holy Ghost somebody hear what I'm preaching to you God came to call you out of darkness God came to call you out of darkness and, 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 I don't, and I'm not pointing a condemning finger. I don't point a judgmental finger because we've all sinned. We've all come short of the glory of God. Not one of us is better than the other. You must understand. I'm simply telling you, he called me out of darkness. God didn't just call Israel. He called Israel out of Egypt. He said, I'm going to bring you out. Hallelujah. Ladies and gentlemen, everybody talk about this generation, this and that, this generation, that. And I know, I know who they're talking about. And I know, I know that Joel is a part of it. But you must also understand that Joel laid his life down in the baptismal tank. So I'm a new man. And, 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 and I'm more a part of the chosen generation than I am this generation and I know I'm a, I'm a citizen of the United States of America and I love my country and I pray for my country and God bless America and God shed his grace on thee but I want you to know that, that, that before I'm a part of this nation I'm a holy nation hallelujah and let me tell you something, I, I, I'm a part of a royal priesthood, and I'm a part of a peculiar people, so I don't readily accept the same discontentment that other people accept, and I don't readily accept the same fears that other people accept, and I don't readily, I just simply don't accept them. God called me out of those things. God called me out of acting sinful. God called, I'm certainly not perfect, but by the grace of God, I I know where I can find his spirit. I know where I can find strength. Hallelujah. When temptation comes my way, I know if I fall to my knees and call upon God, help me, Lord. Lead me, Lord. Deliver me from evil. Lead me not into temptation. I know he will hear me. I know he will hear me. You know why I know that? Because he called me out of darkness into this marvelous light do you know this marvelous light is so wonderful it's so marvelous you ever have you ever woke up in the middle of the night and your eyes are not adjusted to the darkness or maybe you just laid down and your eyes are not yet adjusted to the darkness and you forgot Something you need on the other side of the room. And you get up out of bed and you're going to walk to the other side of the room. That is one of the most perilous journeys you will ever take in life. I think the devil moves chairs in my path. I think the devil moves. I think he even scoots my bed over so that my bedpost leg will be in my way. I'm praying the whole time. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. If you can make it out of that thing with a, without a broken toe, God has been good to you. Amen. And, and it doesn't even have to break. All you got to do is just, it's just, I mean, just barely hit whatever it is and you'll be hopping around. And don't start hopping, dear God in heaven. You'll fall over a banister or something. I remember at Zion Tabernacle in Kokomo, Indiana, the lights to the church were in the front of the church. That means they were right over here. 
And that's how you had to turn them off. So as a preacher's kid, I, that was my responsibility. I was the one that had to go turn the lights off in the sanctuary. And I'm going to tell you, I love the church. There's no place I'd rather be than in the church, praying, worshiping, singing. But I'm going to tell you something. When the saints of God have left and the lights are off, a church is one of the most terrifying places in all the world to be. I would have to walk up there, and I'm going to tell you, it, I, I don't know what in the world. I walked up there and would turn that light off, and I had the, the pattern memorized on how to get out of there without anything jumping out. And I, and I don't know that I was really afraid of some monster jumping out. I was more afraid of one of my friends jumping out and scaring me half to death. Darkness is a terrifying place to be. You don't know what you're going to step into. You don't know what you're going to run into. You don't know what's going to peer up over your shoulder. You don't know what that is growling. You don't know what that is whispering. And, and there's nothing worse than thinking you're alone in the darkness and then something moves. Darkness is terrifying. And so when you can imagine the joy when we are called out of darkness into this marvelous I love, the, I love the word. He didn't just say called out of darkness into this light. And he didn't just say called out of darkness into light. He said into this light. Because even the devil can transform himself into an angel of light. You better be careful what light you're walking in. want just anything enlightening me. I don't want self-enlightenment. Dear God, have mercy. Myself is the reason I've gotten myself into so many troubles as it is. I want myself to be crucified with Christ and buried with him by baptism into his death. I don't need just any light. I need the light of the Holy Ghost. I need the light of God. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. The life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness. And the darkness comprehended it not. That's why some folks around you will never understand why you walk the way you walk. Why you live the way you live. Why you worship the way you worship. Woo. Why you sacrifice the things you sacrifice. Why you won't go where you won't go. Why you will go where you will go. Hallelujah. Can I preach to somebody? This is a marvelous light. Now I can see where I'm going. You see, and there's some things I won't do because I see the hideous devil hiding behind those things. I used to do them blindly. I used to do them in darkness because I didn't know it was a hideous devil from hell feeding me all of that junk. I didn't know it was a hideous devil from hell whispering all of that negativity into my ear, whispering all that hate into my ear, whispering all of that maliciousness into, but now I'm in this marvelous light. See the path clearly. And I'm not ignorant of the devil's devices. Hallelujah. God calls things out of darkness by calling into it, speaking into it. Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form. The earth was void. And darkness. Darkness. Darkness was on the face of the deep. But the Spirit of God whew, moved. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God's word came forth. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. The Spirit of God moved. And then the word of God spoke light. And there was light. Have you ever wondered why we come into his presence with thanksgiving and song? Why we engage the spirit of God in our services before we preach? It's not just protocol and form and function. There is science to it. We're not just, we don't just do this because, well, let's see what, what else we can do to take up two hours of everybody's Sunday morning. 
That's not the purpose behind it. The reason that we come in and enter into his gates with thanksgiving and enter into his gates with praise is because the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. And when you sing unto the Lord a new song and when you praise the Lord and you pray unto the Lord and even give unto the Lord, it develops an atmosphere of the presence of Almighty God and his spirit moves and there are a lot of people even right now sitting under the sound of my voice that find themselves the same in the same condition as the earth in Genesis 1 and 2 without form void and darkness upon the face of the deep but when the spirit of God moves That's why sometimes I get up here and I start, I'm just continuing to sing. I continue to praise. I continue to worship. I'm not just doing that to do that. I'm doing that because the Spirit of God is moving. And when the Spirit of God begins to move, then the Word of God can go forth and say, let there be light. And the light will drive back the darkness. said the light will drive back the darkness the darkness of your unforgiveness the darkness of your greed the darkness of your hate the darkness of your envy the darkness of your depression the light of God's word will drive it back hallelujah but let me just tell you something you you weren't just called and you weren't just called out you were called out of darkness into this marvelous light to show forth his praises. Hallelujah. Even the earth was called out of darkness into a marvelous light. This is why when you look out at the trees and you look out at the plants and you look to hear the birds sing, the heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament showed this handiwork. You look at the sun and the moon and the stars and the clouds and the rain and everything. You see the glory of God. Day unto day is uttering speech. Night unto night is showing knowledge. It's the glory of God. Because God didn't just call this earth out of darkness. He called it out of darkness to show forth his praises. You're not just in the marvelous light so you can see where you're going. But you're in this marvelous light so others can see you and... Follow. You know what you think God just called you out so you can sit on a church pew and get your praise on every now and then? You think God just called you out so that you can have a feel goody every now and then when you want to and, 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 and clap your hands here and there? And No, 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 no. I hope you're showing forth his praises. I hope you're telling somebody, look what the Lord has done. I hope you're telling it on the mountain and telling it in the valley low. I hope you're showing... Do you know why you're a chosen generation? You're not a chosen generation so you can brag about it. You're not a holy nation so you can be holier than everybody around you. You're not a royal priesthood so you can boast. You're not a peculiar people so you can be more peculiar than everybody else. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. That you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into this marvelous Light. Jesus, why is this man blind? Why is he blind? Is it because of his sin? Is it because of his parents' sin? Jesus looked at his disciples and said, No, this man is not blind because of his sin. And this man is not blind because of his parents' sin. He said, This man is blind. Ladies and gentlemen, from birth, this man has spent years in blindness. So that my glory could be manifest in him. Now I'm going to talk to somebody right now who's going through a dark period in your life. And you're not sure whether you're going to make it out or not. Let me just tell you right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus, you're going to make it. Because you're not there to stay in that dark period. You're not there to stay in that darkness. This whole thing is so that his glory 
can be manifest. Jesus said, now listen, can God trust you with the trial? Can God, do you love him enough to say, God, I'll go through something at my own inconvenience and in my own difficulty so that when I come out of it, other people will glorify you for your great love wherewith you loved me. Can God trust you with that kind of a trial? Or is this all about you? Is it okay that God uses you to bless somebody around you? Are you okay with the idea of somebody else going through something even worse than you? Looking in on your circumstance and being encouraged? Because you made it out all right? You good with that? You okay with that? Or is this all about you being convenient and comfortable? I'm not trying to downplay what you're going through. I'm just putting it in perspective. Jesus said he is blind because my glory is going to be made manifest in him. And others are going to glorify God. And this man is, is blind. Everybody knows he's blind. He's, he's on the side of the road. And this has been a problem for a very long time. Jesus walks up to him. Spits in the ground. So not only is the man blind, and he's been blind because God's getting ready to do a miracle in his life, and, and he's going to let others experience it and see it and bring glory unto his great name. And Jesus spits in the ground, and he reaches down, and he grabs the spit mixed with dirt and creates a mud and, like, plasters it on the guy's eyes. John chapter 9, you can read it. He plasters it on the guy's eyes. Folks, I'm going to tell you, you think things get a little crazy around here. I hope the Lord never tells me to do that in a prayer line or something. <laughs> Dear God. What is your need? Okay, hold on just a second. And I'm, I, don't worry, I'm not going to simulate anything. Hold on just a second. Spitting something. That's a good way to shut down the revival. I don't know how many people looked at what Jesus did and thought, he is out of his mind. That's, one, that's, that's like really messy and gross. And, and it was just all up in his eyes. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, some of you are in a very messy set of circumstances, right? And you're asking Jesus for help, and you feel the presence of God, and it only gets messier. And, he's, and Jesus is spitting in the ground and making it mud and putting it in your eyes and you're like man this is this is disgusting and this is messy and this is muddy and I don't know what to do let me tell you what to do just do whatever he says you're in darkness you you don't know the way to salvation you're in darkness you don't know the way to healing you don't know the way to life eternal you need Jesus and so let him do what he needs to do and let him tell you where to go and Jesus said go walk in the pool of Siloam. Now, I'm not even going to tell you today what that means. And there's a good reason. The reason that I won't describe to you what it means. That Jesus spit in the mud, put it in the eye, and then told him to go wash in the pool of Siloam. I'm not going to go into that because I don't have a clue what that means. When I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God, what was that all about? I'd like to, there's got to, there's got to be some mystery unlocked. But this man didn't care about what mystery existed. He didn't care about what the science was, what the purpose was. All he knew was, I'm in darkness, and I want that marvelous light. I'm in darkness, and I want that marvelous light. I want that marvelous light. And so he walked to the pool of Siloam. Every step was another step of faith. Every step was another step of faith. Mud in his eyes. People shocked. People laughing, perhaps, shocked and mocking, maybe. I don't know, but, but they're watching because when it happened... Whew. It sent the whole town ablaze. When he washed in the pool of Siloam, he saw for the very first time in his life. And he began to glorify Jesus. And Jesus was, Jesus was doing that whole thing where he's like, okay, all right, see y'all, love y'all, take care. And trying to get out of there before anybody knew who did it. 
And the Pharisees came to the man and said, came to his parents and said, your son is causing problems by glorifying Jesus. Does he not know that this man was a sinner who performed this miracle because they didn't think Jesus was, was uh, saved? And Jesus, Jesus they, the, the parents said, he's of, he's of age, go ask him. We're not, his, we're not his keepers anymore, go ask him. And they went to the man who got healed and they said, don't you know that this man was a sinner who washed your eyes and opened your eyes and cleansed you and gave you hope and gave you life and gave you joy and gave you love? And this man responded in such an awesome way. He said, you know what? I don't have a clue who that was that did that. He said, I don't know if he was a sinner or not, but what I do know is that I I once was blind, but now I see. Hey! What I do know is I once was lost, but now I'm found. Amazing grace, amazing grace, amazing grace, amazing grace. How sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like me. Somebody lift your hands unto the Lord right now. Come on all across this house. Lift up your hands unto the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, lift up your hands unto him. Lift up your voice unto him. Lift up your voice unto him. Lift up his holy name. Come on, that's it. Lift up his holy name, lift up his holy name, lift up his holy name, lift up his holy name. Lift up his holy name, lift up his holy name, he lift up his holy name. Come on, let's praise him right now. Listen, let me tell y'all something. Let me tell y'all something. I don't know. I don't know what you're up against. I don't know how dark the circumstances are. What I've learned about darkness is that all you need to dispel the darkness is just a little bit of light. You see this? This right here. Now that's pretty bright. I won't put that and make sure that's not in anybody's eyes. This has helped me through so many. <laughs> Do you know how many stub toes I've avoided because of this godsend? It's not much, but it's enough. I can see where I'm going. I know what to avoid. Listen, I don't know what you're going through, but I'm going to tell you there's enough word. There's enough word in this house. Even if it's just a little word from heaven, all you need is just a little light to get you through what you're going through. Just to get you through the next few steps. Come on, somebody. You can make it. You can make it. You can make it. Let him bring you out. Let him call you out. You don't have to stay in those circumstances. You don't have to stay in that situation. You don't have to do it. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay there. Somebody lift your hands right now and say, God, I feel your call. I hear 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 your call. He's not just calling you. He's calling you out of something. You know what it is, too. You know there's something that he's pulling you out of. He's pulling you out of it. You know what it is better than I know what it is. All I know is that the Holy Ghost is telling me to keep saying this. He's pulling you out of something. He's calling you out of something. You're a little scared because you've gotten so used to it. You've gotten so comfortable with it. you become so accustomed to it. But God is calling you out of it. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Just come on out of that darkness and show forth His praises. 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 Woo!
Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. I'm going to walk up out of this darkness. Lust is on this side. Greed is on this side. Pride is on this side. Lion, my adversary, the roaring lion is on this side. But all I got to do is show forth his praises. He is holy. He's worthy. He's my healer. He's my heart mender. He's my mind regulator. He knows what I need. He brought me out. He brought me out. He brought me out. I'm, gonna, I'm making an altar call right now. Listen, listen. I know it's a little intimidating to just come up to the front. I know that's intimidating. But there is also something liberating about getting free from your confines and stepping out into the open and saying, God, I need to be free from the darkness. So I want some saints of God. I want, I want some folks to just... To, to come up, come on up, come on up. God bless you. I know some folks that need what I'm preaching right now. I need you to come on, come on, come on, come on. I know we all do, but come on. If you're feeling a little intimidated, come on. There's lots of people coming. Just come on, come on, come on. In the name of Jesus. Come on, we're coming out of the darkness. We're coming out of the confusion. We're coming out of the bitterness, out of the unforgiveness. We're coming out of the sickness. We're coming out of sin. We're laying out weights. And ever sin aside. Woo. There's a friend in Jesus. Yes. He will wipe your tears away. He will wipe your tears away. And if your heart is broken. If your heart is broken. Just lift your hands. Lift your hands and say. I know that I can make it. I know I can make it. No matter what may come my way, my life, my life is in your hands. Yeah. With Jesus, I can take it. With Him, I know I can stand. I know that I can stand. No matter what may come my way, no matter what may come my way, my life is in your hands. Come on, somebody, feel after Him today in the name of Jesus. Feel after him in the name of Jesus. I know that I can stand. Yeah, no matter, no matter what. what.